Do you want to run further, faster, or stronger? Do you want to enjoy your running more and generally be a better version of yourself? You're in the right place. I'm your host, Alan Ladd, a running coach and nutritionist. My aim is to help you improve your running from 5Ks to ultras by providing you with the knowledge and tools you need on training, nutrition, and mindset, as well as giving you the inspiration to dream bigger, achieve more in your running, and to make it fun at the same time. Welcome to the Running Rules Podcast. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 41 of the Running Rules Podcast, the full story and reflections on my first international race, which was at the weekend in Glasgow. I'm going to split this into three parts. I'm going to talk about the why and how I got into this race. I'm going to talk about the weekend as a whole, how the race went, what the arrangements were, what happened around the race. And then I'm going to talk possibly most importantly about the reflections I have on the race, the weekend and the the entire journey to get here. Um, I kind of feel like it's been a two year journey, of course. Your running journey starts when you start running, but really it's been about two years since I started thinking about trying to get an international vest for Northern Ireland. And the reflections that I have are quite mixed, I suppose. Um, Hopefully you'll get some inspiration in terms of setting lofty goals, but also realizing that even when you achieve the goals that you set out, sometimes that just pushes you on to a next level and there's always more that you want to achieve. So I'm going to break that down a little bit and at the end uh, and hopefully that will be really helpful for people. But I'm going to start with the, the whole journey of how I got into this race and it really to me felt like it started about two years ago. I started looking around at Masters events, um, international masters events. And I came across the Celtic Masters Marathon Challenge, which was, I think, held before COVID. And it was run by the English Masters Association. And it was the English Masters versus the Celtic nations, the Celtic nations being Wales, Scotland, Northern Ireland and Ireland. And it was the best of England versus the best of the rest. And this seemed to take place every year at a specified marathon. And I think the last time I looked at it, I think it was supposed to be being held in Chester last year, Chester Marathon. So I had a look into that and realized that the age standards or the the time standards for the English Masters were sub 250 for male 35s and then they go up from there and the time when I was looking at this I think I was 38 uh, and I was thinking you know I I could have that standard and the way that the teams were selected England teams were selected um, by the English Masters and there was no actual standards for the Celtic Masters and it was kind of unclear as to who was picking this Celtic Masters team so I contacted uh, the Northern Ireland Masters Association um, way back I think it was last year um, 
after I'd run Manchester and I'm run Manchester in 248 and asked them about it and they said, no, we don't organize it. We just verify that you are a member of Northern Ireland Masters Athletics Association. Um, so I, I did apply for that and it was just a really rudimentary Google form. It was unclear as to who that went to. And from what I can gather, I don't think that that um, challenge actually took place, um, which is a li- was a little bit disappointing because marathons were what was what I was focusing on. And I, again, I asked Northern Ireland Masters Athletics Association, did we have any opportunities for running in half road half marathons or marathons as masters? And there isn't. There's the only the cross country is is the only available uh, international events that the 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 masters are, are put in for so that got me thinking really at that point over a year ago probably 18 months ago that the only re- real way that I was going to get into a team was through the cross country um now I'm just going to cover off very briefly um the fact that a lot of people will listen to me talk and say well, why didn't you go for English masters, seeing as you're an Englishman? Well, I've been here more than half my life now. I do feel that, you know, Northern Ireland's my home. My family is here. And um, it's only actually really recently that I've been here more than half my life. But it feels like a, a good point in my life to say, you know, my English past is is behind me almost there's no one in in Leeds anymore I have no family there um so Northern Ireland feels like my home now it has done for a long time but especially having been here more than half my life now um it never really occurred to me to go for for an English vest and I don't think it's even possible anyway I think it's all based on where you actually reside so it's very difficult to, I think, if you're a member of Northern Ireland um, the Association, then you can't you can't run for England anyway. But it wasn't something that ever crossed my mind. So I'll, I'll uh, cover that off now. Um, still, people do say to me, oh, you're just a blow-in. Um, but I do feel that this is my home. This is who I should be running for. So, um, yeah, I was really keen to try and push myself to do something that would give me that chance of representing my country and there wasn't really much else I could do. I did at some point think about possibly making an ultra team but when I thought about the training for ultras and I I thought about this during the summer last year after I'd done Manchester and I had London booked for the back end of 2022, I had a discussion with my coach about the training involved and the event itself um, and I I just didn't see myself doing that kind of training and enjoying the event as much in those looped ultras that take a very long time I think there's the Anglo-Celtic plate that they host every year which is 100k and that's between all the nations as well so that was a potential route into the international scene 
but I would have had to have switched up my training quite a lot, I think. I would have had to have foregone um, London Marathon, certainly, and potentially Boston Marathon this year, because I think the Anglo-Celtic plate was in and around the same time. So I did think about that for a little bit and then decided that that wasn't the route for me. So it required quite a lot of planning in terms of when I was going to target this. And I thought turning 40 this year was a good time to try and do it because I'd be moving up an age category. Um, I was thinking hopefully that that would be a bit less competitive if I moved up an age category and I'd be the youngest in the age category. Um, And also it meant that my training for the cross-country season could start after Boston, which was one of my, probably my main goal, seeing as I'd had a place in 2020 for Boston and hadn't been able to do it because of COVID. It was the, you know, my bucket list race and I really wanted to do that. So the plan from basically last summer was to do London in preparation for Boston and then to switch onto cross-country training or at least, you know, shorter distance training after Boston and try and focus on getting a place through the trial race, which is held at the start of October. Uh, Another slight spanner in the works really was the fact that um, I I had a a minor operation at the start of August and it was something I'd been waiting for quite a long time. I'd actually thought it might end up being in the middle of Boston training and it didn't thankfully happen that way. Um, But that happened in August so that kind of broke my training up a little bit. Um, I'd been going quite well, hit a couple of PBs in the 5k and 10k through the summer and then that happened and you know, I was out for a couple of weeks and it took me in probably another couple of weeks to sort of ramp back up into it, which didn't give me a long um, lead into the trial race, which was in October. I also got a little bit, a little bit sick, not, not, not really badly, but just quite heavy, cold, almost fluey thing around the back end of um or the middle of back end of September. So I did the first cross-country race of the season that I really wasn't feeling great. I'd actually taken a couple of days off before it and I took another three days off afterwards. And that race really didn't go that well, Um, obviously because I wasn't feeling very well, but it was also a really tough race in terms of the conditions and the course as well. So it was a bit of a baptism of fire. And I suppose at that point, I was thinking, I was thinking that the chances of me making the team are quite slim, um, because I performed quite badly in that race. And we at that point, I could start to see the entries coming in, I was checking who was entering in for the the trial race at the start of October and realizing that it was quite um, competitive. I never really realized or I, I didn't know before I decided to do this what kind of standard it would be in that trial. Um, the way the trial works is that it's run at the start of October and in each age category the top six make the team and then two after that are reserves for the team. 
So I thought, you know, I might have a decent chance of, of making the top eight. Um, I looked at previous results, looked at last year's results and thought probably, you know, if I ran well, then I would have made the top eight of last year's 40s. Obviously, you don't know who's going to turn up. So the, you know, some people might not have done it last year that did it this year. Some people might have changed age categories like I did. I think there was actually quite a few people moved from 35 to 40 in the same year as I did. So you never really know. And that was one of my big fears of setting myself this goal was that it's really dependent on what other people do as well. It's not it's not just what I do. You know, I can set a time goal or want to complete the six majors. It's all down to me, you know, how I perform on on the day. Um, it's how I train. And for this, the result of getting into the team or not getting into the team is, yes, it's down to the hard work that I put in and, and how well I run, but it's a lot down to who turns up as well, how they do. And that was one thing that I didn't like about this challenge was that it's not in my hands. Um, you can say, yes, it is in your hands if you you know, are right at the top end and you know that you, if you perform to the best of your abilities, you're going to beat everyone else or you're going to at least easily finish in the top six. But given that this was my first time doing this, given that I haven't done a lot of cross country in the past, given that I knew there was a lot of stronger runners out there, um, it did mean that I'm, I'm going to be relying on other people. <clears throat> so that first race didn't go too well. Um, and then that was it. That was the only race I had in the lead up to the trial race itself and by the time the trial came round I was feeling a little bit better it was a couple of weeks after the race that hadn't gone well uh, and I was starting to feel like I was I was pretty much there like I was still coughing a little bit but I felt a lot stronger in my last couple of training sessions before that trial race um, and I felt like I'd put in a reasonably good effort you know I felt like in that trial I'd done as much as I could um, I had a couple of people I was I was tracking and I thought if I'm close to them then I've got a chance and I went with them on the first lap and it you know it wasn't ridiculously fast when I look back at the paces I think I should have been able to run that pace and then after that first lap I just kept on going backwards and backwards and luckily for me as I was going backwards and being passed by lots of people, none of them were in my age category of male 40. And I managed to hold on to the place that I had, even though the gap to me in the next male 40 had opened up to a, you know, a big amount. I think it was nearly two minutes probably. Um, so I finished that race and I thought, you know, I've done my best here. If I don't make the team, then, you know, I gave it all I, I had. And um, what happened was that the results came out and I was ninth. And I thought, well, gave my best shot. Didn't quite make it. But, you know, I can't do anything about it. And then 
shortly after that, it transpired that someone in that top eight wasn't registered. So I then was moved up into the eighth and last reserve spot for the male 40 team, which I was delighted about. It was a bit of a roller coaster because I kept having this thing, this the, these changing feelings at some point thinking I'm feeling really strong and I can I can get into this team and then conversely sometimes thinking I'm way off this looking at the other people in the trial seeing the results and seeing how far I was off and realizing that it might I might just be fighting a losing cause but I was delighted to get into the reserve slot I didn't know what that really meant though I didn't know whether that meant you know I'd just be waiting and waiting and waiting until the last minute to decide to go over if someone dropped out. And I found out fairly soon that the reserves also go over, which kind of makes sense because, you know, if someone drops out the last minute, um, it's very difficult probably to rearrange everything and get on there, get your, your, you know, your transport and your accommodation all sorted out, especially when it's away in Glasgow. so I was I was really happy to do that. You know, I, I wanted to go be part of the weekend, see what it was all about, even if I didn't get to race. And the bonus thing about it was, I was it was explained to me that there's an open race at the end. So even if I didn't get to race in the international race, I would get to run in the open race in the Northern Ireland Vest. So in a, in a sense, I would have achieved my goal of running in the Northern Ireland Vest. Um, so that became pretty clear after the trial. Um, but obviously you don't know that you had a week then to confirm whether you were going or not. And obviously I said I was, I didn't really hear anything else after that for probably three or four weeks. Um, so I didn't know whether everyone in who was above me had agreed to go or not. And eventually I couldn't couldn't wait any longer. I just I messaged the team managers and said, you know, am I in the top six now? Am I still a reserve, first reserve, second reserve? And they told me I was now the first reserve. So someone obviously had not had decided not to go, and I was now up to the first reserve slot. So obviously, then I think that was the week before we were we were going, possibly this time last week. So. At that point, still mixed feelings, Um, you know, obviously very pleased to be going, but still not knowing whether I'm actually going to be racing in the international or not. Um, And I guess that's good and bad in a way because it's good in a way because in my head, I wasn't racing the international race. So it kind of takes the pressure off a little bit. It just was going to be and a weekend to enjoy, take take the inspiration, take the experience. And that probably did take the pressure off. But it's also, it's annoying not knowing whether you're going to be in. And obviously that's that's the nature of being a, a reserve. You, you don't know whether you're going to get in. So you're sort of waiting and waiting and waiting and not knowing, um, which is, is quite hard as well. Um, and for anyone else who was a reserve, you know, it, I think that's almost maybe harder than knowing that you're in the team um, from the start. So 
well done to everyone who was a reserve and went, whether they got a race or didn't get a race. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's a different kettle of fish. What what happened? I think a couple of weeks before we had the Bobby Ray, which was another cross country run, and I decided after the trial where I felt I'd run too hard at the start, I thought I'll run at the pace that I finished at for the start, or at least pull back the effort. I wasn't really working on pace. Um, the Bobby Ray was a lot hillier, of course. Um, so I pulled back at the start and felt like I had a really strong race, and that gave me a lot of confidence that you know I'd improved from the trial race. I still felt like I, you know, I hadn't been a hundred percent at that trial race, and the Bobby Ray. I felt like I ran a lot stronger, a lot more consistent, and finished quite strong. Um, I was battling with a few people at the end, and managed to beat most of the little group that we were in. So that was um, a bit of a confidence booster going into the the weekend just gone. So fast forward then, I suppose to Friday. Um, I was sat on the tarmac at Belfast International Airport um, about lunchtime, just before 12. I was flying to Edinburgh, actually. I think a lot of people obviously flew to Glasgow, but the flights going out were either really early in the morning or, you know, in the evening. And I didn't want to miss the team dinner. And I also didn't want to get up at the crack of dawn to get the flight. So I actually decided to fly to Edinburgh and get the bus across from Edinburgh because it's only an hour direct from the airport to Glasgow. Um, but as I was sitting on the tarmac, I got a message from Nigel, the team manager, who said, you've been moved up from the male 40 reserves into the male 35 team. And I was a, was a bit surprised. I didn't really know if that was a typo or what, what had happened. Um, and he explains that this is quite normal, that sometimes um, a younger team might have too many dropout and no reserves, and that you can use an older reserve to, to fill that team. Um, so in fact, what ended up happening was that I was gonna be running with the male 35 team and not the male 40 team, but the way the races work is that the 35s, 40s, and 45s all race together, so it'd still be in the same race um, as I would have been if I'd been running in the 40s. So I was delighted, you know, <clears throat> a little bit nervous, obviously. But again, the way it works is that you have a team of six and the top four score the points for the team. So again, even though I felt a bit more pressure at that point, I didn't really fully appreciate the pressure yet because in my head I was still going to be probably you know fifth or sixth probably almost certainly sixth and not you know my time or placing wasn't going to affect the team so in a way that still takes the pressure off I knew that that race was going to be competitive um, I didn't quite realize how competitive I suppose but um, I knew that me being you know towards the back of that race wasn't going to affect the team as long as everyone else managed to finish then you know that wouldn't affect things so I, I still don't think I was feeling the pressure I was just delighted to be to be running so I 
flew over, got the bus to Glasgow. That all worked out fine. Um, don't think anyone else was on that flight. Possibly one or two that I didn't notice, but <clears throat> there certainly wasn't a big contingent on that flight. But <clears throat> travelled over, got to the hotel, and put my feet up and ready for the um, the buffet in on Friday night, which was the team buffet. It was just the Northern Ireland team, which was a great chance to meet a couple of new people. Also, you got your a bit of a pep talk from the managers. You got your race number and obviously some food as well. It was, I would say, fairly low key, um, which I suppose is what you would expect on the night before a race. Um, I think a few people maybe not taking it quite as low key, but most people just down there get the food, get the number and and get back to get some sleep and get ready for the morning. But it was great to sort of mingle with a few few people, get to meet some of the team. Then I didn't sleep great um, on the night before the race, and that's quite often the case, I would say, for most big races that you would have, usually when I'm over for a marathon. I don't sleep very well and that was another reason why I wanted to make sure I got good sleep on Friday night so didn't get the first the first flight in the morning to Glasgow and I think having talked to people who were having to sort of hang around waiting for check-in at the hotel as well so it would have been a long day going over and I, th- I definitely think going over a bit later definitely helped but I didn't sleep well the night um, before the race. Um, I can't remember how many hours I slept. I think I woke up around about four, was up for a couple of hours and then managed to get another maybe hour and a half in. Um, but I had to go down fairly early for breakfast, probably earlier than I would have liked. Our race was half past one and ideally I would have been eating breakfast probably between half nine and half ten. But, but the team photo was at ten up at Tollcross Park where the um, the course was. There was a shuttle service on repeat and we went and got the bus at half nine. So we got breakfast about half past eight, which is five hours before the race. And usually I'd like to eat three or four hours before. Um, and I'm also quite picky on the morning of a race um, because I'd don't like to have anything too heavy so I had my normal cornflakes and toast a bit of coffee and that would usually be okay a few you know if it's a few hours out that's about right and maybe should have eaten a little bit more but I knew with it not being a marathon you know it's not like I need to be fully fully stocked with glycogen stores and all of that that I would normally do for a marathon so I think it was probably fine. Um, I did mean to take a little snack with me and I forgot. Um, so I didn't have anything to eat sort of maybe an hour or two beforehand, which I maybe normally would have done. In the end, I don't think it was a problem. I think it was fine. It was more after the race that I realized I hadn't eaten since, you know, half eight in the morning. And by the time I'd done the race, done the cool down, getting back towards the bus, I think it was about three or four and then you realize that you haven't really eaten since the morning and that's 
you know, I was pretty hungry by then. Um, but that was all fine. The buses worked out. We got to the photographs at 10 o'clock. And then it was a bit of a decision to be made because some people went back to the hotel. Um, and I think if I if it had been a horrible day or if it had been possibly a longer race where I felt like I needed more rest, then I might have done that. But the weather was absolutely glorious. You know, it was it was sunny. It was cool. Um, there was hardly any wind at all. It was just lovely conditions, and it was I, it was just great to be up there and watch the other races as well. Um, I didn't mind being on my feet for you know the morning because I knew it wasn't a long wasn't a long race. So I stayed up, um, watched the other races go off. So the first race was. I think 65 and over in in the male and female categories, all in together. The second race was the women's 35 to 60. And then the third race was the male 50 to 60, I think. And then ours was the final one, which was 35 to 45. So I managed to get to watch the first two races and it's really inspiring especially watching the older uh, athletes out there doing it um i think our oldest member was over 80 um it's just incredible watching them go around and the course looked pretty tricky actually um not in terms of conditions the conditions looked good and in fact the course held up really really well um it didn't i was a bit worried because it's it's rained a lot here and I assumed it probably rained a lot in Scotland as well. But it wasn't raining on Friday when we got there. And it was dry on Saturday as well. So you never know how well these places are going to drain off. And seemed to seemed to not be that bad at all underfoot. You know, it wasn't, wasn't really too soft. It was, certainly wasn't lying water anywhere. And it didn't cut up much at all. But in terms of the hilly nature of the course, it was it looked fairly tough, and yeah, just really inspiring watching the older athletes and thinking, you know, could I be doing that in another forty years' time? You know, it'd be, you know, when you put it in those terms, it's like it's incredible to think that, you know, I'm only forty, and you know, a whole another lifetime away. People are still doing cross country. Um, it really is mind blowing, um, and the you know the strength and and speed of of some of these runners as well is just incredible. So, really glad I did stay and watch those um, races. Uh, it was really good to watch the women's race as well. Um, knew a few people in that race, and they did really well. And especially big shout out to the thirty fives who won the gold medal uh, in their category. So congratulations to them. That was uh, an incredible performance by them. Um, but then I didn't get to watch the next race, which was the male 50 to 60s. and knew a few people in there as well. So it was a shame I didn't get to see them. Uh, I needed to do my own warm up. So their race started 45 minutes before ours. And I wanted to get a good 
sort of half an hour jog. Um, I think for me, I need longer to warm up for those shorter races, especially, I don't know whether it's mentally or just physically as well, but mentally knowing that I'm, I feel like I'm better at half marathons and marathons, I almost feel like I need to get into, you know, a few miles into the tank before I, I, I start to sort of get into the, to the rhythm. So yeah, I started my warm up pretty much as, as their race went off, but I did go round the course and was able to cheer a few people on at different points. So sort of was paying half attention to that as well. Um, yeah, I finished the, yeah, the one thing that did go wrong was I did have gels to take and I stupidly put them in my spikes bag. So I was, uh, and this one of the spikes punctured one of the gels. Uh, luckily didn't go anywhere that was really that important, but um, just sorting that out, had a lot of, you know, the sticky fingers, sticky hands, and I had to use some of my water was if I, if I had one criticism of the, of the organization of the race it was the fact that there wasn't really any any water or you know snacks available on the course now the leisure center was maybe a five minute ten minute jog away and you could get things there in the shop but I was surprised that even at the end of the race there wasn't any water or anything to be had so I only I had my water bottle filled up had to use some of that to wash my hands off because it was so sticky with the the gel that had exploded um so i got half of that gel through the side of it that had been punctured and then i took the other one that was just going to be a backup gel um as well and i took that probably about 30 minutes before the race um along with some caffeine as well um finished up my warm up um with some drills and some strides um and then lined up for the race so there was a a piper and they get you into the pen about 5 minutes before the race and then there's that there keeps being another warning so there's a 3 minute warning then the 1 minute warning and then you know every time you think oh this race is about to go off and it and it doesn't <laughs> um I should have known that really though from watching the other races go off but you're kind of just really at that point really just ready to go you've done your warm-up you've done all your preparation you just want to get started um i stood at the back of the race obviously expecting that i'm going to be near the back and eventually the race went off and it starts with a big downhill so easy to really get carried away and my plan going into it was really to run it the same way as I'd run the last cross country that I had done where I'd been a bit more reserved at the start of the race and then really built into it and started to try and pick people off soon became really apparent that that wasn't going to be an option because if I hadn't gone with the pace set then I would have dropped off the back of that race very quickly so I knew I was going faster than I really wanted to. It starts with a big downhill, then a loop round, and then the biggest climb of the course starts from there. So I kind of just stuck with the pace and I 
wasn't quite last, I think it was second last, but just tucked inside the main bunch and you could see it just sort of stringing out, especially when we got to the top, but you could even see it going up the hill. Um, not not too badly, but you knew, I knew if I didn't go with that pace that I would be left off the back and I didn't want that. I needed to be in touch to, to really feel, firstly, part of the race, um, secondly, to feel like you know, I wasn't disgracing myself. Not that, you know, you can't do anything about it. If everyone's running faster than you can manage, you can only do your best. You know, if you're if you're off the back of of everything, then there's nothing you can do about that if you physically can't do it. But I knew I would be able to, to stick in with it for a little bit and see what happened once we got up that hill and onto the, to the top bit. Um, so yeah, I did that and just stuck in behind one of my teammates and got to, on the top bit, there was sort of some back and forwards and you could really see the leader who won, I think in just under 25 minutes, which was about four and a half minutes faster than I completed 8K in, um, which is scary. Um, but he was already had about a 20 meter gap at that, at the point, the, the, the top part where you could see everyone. Um, it stayed up there for a while and it was, it was actually fairly flat for quite some time up around the back, which you couldn't really see from the start point or even when we got into the course. Um, you could just see the hill going up and then you couldn't really see what was happening on the top. Although obviously I'd, I'd run around the course and I knew that there was gonna be a fair bit on that, but because of the zigzags back and forwards, that's, that was actually longer than you know it felt like when I was doing my warm-up which was just around the side of the course um, and that gave you a bit of respite then you came back down and there was a down and an up so there was a kind of a, a very leafy section um, which I wondered if it was going to be slippy but obviously with the, the spikes um, it wasn't really an issue um, but a, a fairly steep steepish downhill and then a steepish uphill probably the steepest uphill on the course uh, and then he got to the top near the near the start and the finish and another down and back up again so it finishes on up on an uphill but just at, before I got to that final down and up on the first lap um, I felt like we were just drifting a little bit. I was following someone in our team and I felt like I just had a little bit more um, and pushed on to try and get on the back of the next person. So that worked for me. Um, I was able to sort of pull myself along a bit and I think that was the right call at that time. I was a little bit worried that that was too early to make that move. Um, but I was feeling good. Um, I was a little bit afraid to look at the watch. And when the first split came up, um, I didn't panic because I knew I felt okay, but it was a lot faster than I was planning to run. Um, 5.52 flashed up on the watch and I averaged 6.30s at the trial and at the previous hilly cross country race, the Bobby Ray. So that was a little bit uh, alarming, but I felt okay, so I kept on going with it. And on the second lap, I was tucked in with a couple of Welsh guys, um, sort of jostling back and forwards with them a little bit. And then um, they did sort of take take away, or one of them took off a little bit um, after that. Um, 
the second lap, I still felt like I was working quite hard. And then I suppose if I'm going to be ultra critical, maybe the third lap um, is where I maybe pulled off a little bit. Um, I still was in contention with the Welsh guy in, in front of me. Um, but possibly it's it's really hard to judge it. If you're following someone in front, it's really hard to know whether they're actually pulling you around at an honest pace or whether they're dropping off. I didn't feel like I felt in control, but I didn't feel like I had enough in me to go past him and try and get onto the next person. So I kept on going with him and looking at the splits, if that's my slight criticism is maybe, you know, the third and fourth mile slightly underpaced, maybe should have been 10 seconds a mile faster maybe could have finished, you know, maybe 20 seconds faster overall. But I didn't do that. Um, the third lap, though, there was another Welsh guy who came back to us very quickly. So I think he had gone off far too fast. And he was actually male 35, so he was in my race. So that was really nice to pass someone who was, you know, in the same race as me and obviously someone from a different country as well. So that was kind of a nice box to tick uh you're always there's always part of me when i pass someone that you're a little bit worried that they're going to come back at you but you could see he was going back really quite fast so um i passed him and then the guy behind me passed him pretty quickly as well and i think that was on the third lap and then the last lap i managed to catch another one of our guys and unfortunately i didn't get the welsh guy in front um that last probably last few minutes of that that last lap I really tried to take it all in at that point realize you know I'm running in the Northern Ireland vest you never know whether that opportunity is going to come again and I really did try and take it in at that point really enjoy it whether that took my focus away from trying to catch the Welsh guy in front um, he finished six seconds ahead of me which doesn't sound like much on the one hand but it that last lap and that last mile for me was quicker so to take another six miles out of that uh, sorry six minutes at six minutes six seconds out of that is quite a lot like he there was no way I was catching him on that last you know last straights uh, I would have had to have made a move a few minutes earlier to really get to him and I do wonder whether I could have done that, but I remember up that last steep hill, um, I really was sort of blowing quite hard at that point. So I think I w was running honestly at that that point to to near my you know my maximum at that point. So it was quite relieving though when I got to the very final straight, which is uphill. I'd seen people finishing that, really struggling and having battles against each other, collapsing along across the line. It was, in a way, a bit of a relief to know that there was too much of a gap to close on the next guy and there was enough of a gap behind me that I wasn't going to get past either. So um looked fairly strong, hopefully, but you know I wasn't fully out trying to get that next place because there wasn't, you know, any way that I was going to get it so yeah I tried to take it all in finished and yeah gen genuinely really happy with how I did um, especially 
if you look at the pace that I ran compared to the previous two races, it was a lot faster. I mean, I was nearly two minutes quicker than the trial race. Same distance and the trial race was, you know, much flatter, should have been much easier. So that's either an indication that I wasn't right in that trial race or I've got better at those cross-country races through the season or the fact that that field was so strong, it pulled me around. I had to go faster than I really wanted to. And I suppose that's one of the things that I reflect on is that when you have to dig deeper or you have to run faster, sometimes there's more there than you possibly think there is. And I think I'm still not that confident maybe with the or up to that point, I wasn't that confident in my ability on cross country. And certainly after that race at the weekend, I feel more confident. Like I certainly didn't disgrace myself. I, I went harder than I thought it was going to. And I was able to, to do that. You know, I, I, I passed a few people as well. So there was a lot of positives to come out of it. Um, and I think, yeah, I'll, I'll dive into those in the reflection in, in a minute when I just finish off the rest of the weekend. Um, that was the last international race. Got chatting to people afterwards about how it went. Um, we all agreed that it was a good course, great conditions, held up really well. Tough enough with the hills, but, you know, it wasn't as bad as I was expecting, I think. Uh, and that definitely helped as well. Um, finally got my cool down and that was during the open race as well so I managed to see a few people running in that as well I did feel a little bit sorry for anyone in there and doing the open race probably because a lot of the people were starting to filter out um, so it was nice to give a bit of support as, as I was doing my cool down lap uh, and then I got the shuttle back to the hotel having after I'd got uh, having got a some something to eat before then because as I said before I realized it was probably about eight hours since I'd eaten anything proper properly and uh, so I was really hungry at that point I knew we had the dinner to come um so I didn't want to eat too much but certainly needed something at that point um managed to get some some good stuff um and had that on the shuttle bus on the way back and then the awards at the end, um, uh, you know, during the dinner and the awards that evening was a really nice way to top it all off and, again, chat to people and see some of our guys getting getting medals was really inspiring as well. So the way it works is that for some of the races, depends on the, the whether you're male or female and what age, some of the races, it's top four score or, to, or or it can be top three in the women's races and some of the older men's races. Um, and your place counts towards your position. So the five countries are ranked in, in order of lowest score to highest score. Uh, the male 35s, we finished uh, in fourth place. I actually thought we'd beaten Wales, but... Well, we have had beaten Wales, but they didn't have a full. They mustn't have had a full team out because they weren't actually listed as being fifth. So, um, a lot of the lot of our teams finished fourth, um, which is obviously great for such a small 
country, but there was a slight overriding feeling of we would have loved to have done better. Uh, and again, that will be something I, I talk about in the reflections. Um, there's also individual medals as well in the individual races and then the overall team um, standings as well. So we finished fourth in quite a lot of them, including the overall standings. So again, everyone did really well. Everyone put in their, their best performance and it was really inspiring watching everyone out there. So I'll come on to my reflections. Um, the weekend was incredible. It was, a, it was an amazing experience and one that I honestly never thought I would, I would get to have. Um, so, you know, I think about, I reflect on what my aim was and my aim was to try and make the, the Northern Ireland team. And I did that, you know, I, I got in as a reserve and then I was lucky enough to get a spot in the actual race. So, you know, I've, I achieved the aim and for that I'm, I'm immensely proud. I'm really thankful to the team for giving me the opportunity. Um, and yeah, I don't think, obviously the trial didn't go that well for me looking back. I wasn't 100% fit for that. Um, I had a bit of a break in my training and I feel like I should have done better now looking back at that. But the way it worked out, I did also get a lot of luck on the way, you know, people dropping out, being moved up. Um, and I had, did put a lot of hard work into it. So all of those things in in summary mean that I'm really proud, really pleased that I managed to get to do this and I, I feel like I raced to the best of my ability as well. It's been many years in the making and you know to get here is is amazing and to get that that vest is amazing and to get a run out. So first of all, yeah, I think, when you have a big goal like that and you achieve it, you've got to really try and enjoy the moment, try and re recognize the achievement. And I think sometimes in the past, I haven't taken enough time to do that. And I don't want to gloss over it because I have done that in the past. I think when I first ran my first sub three, I really didn't appreciate what I'd achieved at that point because I would come nowhere near close to it beforehand. And it was a massive step up for me. And this kind of represents the same thing. I found it a massive, massive step up. You know, it's not like even running in the tri trial race. Yes, I was down towards the back of it, but it's not anywhere near as competitive as what I ran in on on Saturday. And it's just, a you know, a massive step up. And that can, though, pull you forwards as well. But I remember after that sub three, first sub three, I didn't really take the time to appreciate what I'd achieved and was just thinking about the next thing. Having said that, I didn't think that I would feel the way that I do. And the way I feel is that I don't want that to be my last experience of it. But I want to be, if I do get back into it again, I want to be more competitive next time. I want to be helping the team out. Yes, it was great to, to come along for the ride and it's a massive achievement. But I feel that if you're going into something like that, 
having a goal of not coming last is okay, but I would love to strive for something more than that. And at the minute, I'm I'm way off it. You know, I I need to really go back, get faster again, and repeat. Whether it's get faster or just get older, <laughs> there's two two ways of doing it. Because obviously, if I, I I'm still improving at the minute. But even if I just manage to maintain the same level and get older and older, eventually those two things converge and you become competitive again. So it's getting faster or getting older or getting both, hopefully, um, which will get me to that goal of being more competitive. Um, Going into those trial races thinking I'm not going to just scrape into the team, hopefully going to another international and thinking, I can actually contribute towards the points for the team. Hopefully one day, getting to the point where we could challenge for a medal. Obviously that depends on other people in the team, but I would like that to also be depending on me as well. I think realistically, that's not going to happen that soon for me. Hopefully, I think this year has really, really pushed me on in terms of um, I ran a, a a PB at Boston, which was a, a difficult course from PBs and half marathon, 10K and 5K. And then to top it all off, getting an international vest has, has been amazing. And my fitness definitely has moved on, but it has to move on a lot more again. And hopefully it will do next year. But I think logistically next year is going to be difficult for me um, because I would love to do and I'm pretty much sure now that I'm going to be doing one of the majors in the back end of next year which makes it difficult to target that trial race as a full-out effort for me and it will need to be full-out effort for me. I know there's people in the team that are you know at the top end of their teams and can just turn up probably not give it their all in the trial and still make the team and it would be great to be in that position but it's going to take a bit of time for me to be able to do that and I think realistically I need to concentrate on the marathon again next year hopefully have a really good year and then maybe target 2025 as you know a return to the team potentially um, if my fitness has moved on Obviously, it gets harder in my age category because I'm the youngest. So we're going to get 35s coming into the 40s. But then also some of the 40s might be leaving into the next category. So you never know who's going to be in it. Um, It's all about me being as competitive as I can be. Um, I think it's a reminder that the journey never stops unless you have a, a goal that you think that is the ultimate pinnacle of what I can do. And once I achieve that, then I'm going to almost stop or not not try to do anything. To me, it's just given me more fuel for the fire. I honestly thought when I was embarking on this journey, I would be happy if I managed to make the team get a vest that would tick that box and possibly would never want to do it again. But I think the amazing... It's amazing going over with a team for starters, um, but it really, the way I feel is just completely different to what I thought I would feel. I really have that desire now to get back, be competitive 
and not just have that as my 30 minutes of fame. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a strange feeling right now. Um, one of really being proud about what I've achieved, but secondly, just wanting to improve and get better for the future. And then also, you know, thinking about the inspiration of those older runners, you know, could I still be doing this in 20, 30, 40 years time? If you manage to last that long, then you've got a really good chance because, you know, if you keep going, keep keep improving, or at least trying to do, to maintain or do the best that you can, then that I think that really is key to being able to be competitive at this level. Trying to stay injury free is going to be critical. I was, I was talking to some of the older runners, and that definitely seemed to be a theme of their success and you know their longevity is managing to keep injury free. And so, you know, thinking about my strength training, thinking about you know keeping up with my physio appointments, things like that, are as much as important as you know doing the training pushing myself faster in marathons or whatever races it's going to be. So a lot of food for thought, a lot going around in my head. Um, I hope for anyone listening that this has been inspiring and I genuinely believe that, you know, people can push on to the next thing. Yes, maybe for some people listening, the international vest isn't going to be a short-term goal. For some of you, it might be. I am. I talk to people at the weekend who haven't been running very long. So people who just get into running um, later on in life, it's really exciting when you see their progression because it can be a lot faster because they haven't had, you know, all of that time running. I think <clears throat> I've still got time to go. I, I feel like I didn't really get really serious until 2018. I know I got back into it in 2015, but I was still quite sporadic with things. I only really started strength training in 2020 properly. Um, so I feel like there's loads of things that I can work on and still try and improve. Um, but I hope this shows you that the journey can continue whatever it is. Running is something that there's always a new challenge. There's always something to push yourself harder. And sometimes when you throw yourself into those bigger challenges, that's what really pushes you on to the next level. Sometimes I think our goals are too are too modest. We think, oh, can I shave off two minutes or three minutes of my marathon time? For me, I would love to do that. I think for some people who haven't been running very long, haven't run very many marathons, you know, there's bigger gains to be made um, if, you, if you're doing the right things, if you get really serious about it. And then there's other challenges like getting an international vest. And certainly if you're a master's runner, something definitely to, to look into. Even if you just want to, you know, get into running the trial, practicing in that, maybe you don't make it the first time. But seeing what it's like, seeing what the the um, the level is like for the trials, and seeing what you need to do to be able to break into that that team, um, it's it's really inspiring to see everyone else. But it's also great to push yourself. And next year, the um, the the race is going to be the international race is going to be in Belfast. So 
it's going to be a great celebration um, to come down watch it even if you're not involved but hopefully people listening to this will get involved will think about that trial race uh, have a go at it do some cross countries this season I, f- I feel like now is a great time to look forward to next season and start that you know that process of getting better in the cross countries I definitely think I've improved with every race whether that's just the fitness the health or whether it's you know the experience of the cross country I don't know Um, but I definitely think it's like anything the more you do it the more confident you get in it and so there's plenty of cross-country races coming up that you can have a go at um, starting well I think it's sold out this weekend the Cumber Cup or the entries have closed but following following weekend is Malcolm Cup down at Queen's which is the same course as the trials so go down there have a look see what it's like um, and you never know one day you might be in this as well if you're listening to this and you were on the team uh, this time around then congratulations hopefully I got talking to you Um, do message me as well to let me know how you got on um, if I wasn't talking to you and yeah hope this has been really interesting and inspiring Uh, if you do have any questions about anything I'm always happy to share my um, experiences and any insights that I have but best place to get me is on Instagram at the running rules so just send me a message there and I will answer anything that you have other than that um, that was the whole journey the whole story all the reflections hope it's been interesting have a brilliant week hope you stay out of the storm and I will speak to you next week take care Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really appreciate you taking the time and I hope you've got something to take away and action in your own running. If you enjoyed the show, please hit subscribe and recommend it to someone you know. If you're struggling with your own training or want to get faster and stronger and not sure how to, therunningrules.com forward slash coaching is where you can find out more about getting personalized help with your running and nutrition to take you to the next level. Have a great week, stay consistent, focused, and most importantly, enjoy your running.